Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Early Read, BetSide's college football betting show. Week 10, double digits here. College football, we have... Maybe the biggest week of the year. We, I know I've said that a few times this season, but this one feels like we got something special brewing. We have potential game of the year, Georgia versus Tennessee. We have the college football playoff rankings coming out tonight on ESPN. We have a bunch of conference games in play that are going to help shake out some big conference debates. So I had to pull out all the stops here, especially with Georgia kind of being our first marquee matchup with them this year. So I called in Graham Coffee at Dog Out West. He's the co-creator of Dog Central uh, Georgia blog. Um, also one of the sharpest guys in college football right now. I believe I saw his Twitter <laughs> bio. 110, 70, and 2 against the spread this year. That's high volume and a high ROI. Graham, thanks a ton for joining the show. I apologize if I butchered the record. I think that's what I saw. No, oh, you're good. Yeah, that was that was 2021 record, but but we're you know 2022 is moving along well. 10 and 5 last week against the spread. So nice. uh happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we are obviously sitting on a massive game, Georgia-Tennessee. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. I want to talk two topics, though, because we are in the double digits now. It's week 10, and I've been saying this from the beginning of the season. You know, you filter out your priors when you're betting college football. There's more data points with each passing week, and the market's tighter. You know, me and you both bet on Sundays. We're trying to get some early numbers. We have our numbers created. We know what we're looking for. This Sunday, I sat there and was like, I'm in a little bit of a, not a pickle. You know, I still got some bets down, but I wasn't as confident. There wasn't as much movement in the market in, in certain spots compared to, you know, week four, week five. Anything you want to comment on, on just some, you know, sharper sides and totals heading into the uh, home stretch of the season? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I I think it's great that you do the show on Tuesday early in the week because if you look at some of these games, Georgia, Florida was a great example. That line got up around 22 and a half, up around 24 and a half in some places by the time that game kicked off on Saturday afternoon. And it, and it opened, you know, at 21, 21.5. So that was a 22 point game, depending on, yeah. you know, if you wanted to bet Georgia in that game, depending on when you did it, uh, you won or lost. And, you know, you were sweating out those final minutes. So there was a lot of games like that last week, right? Like the, the Michigan-Michigan State game finishes right on the number. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia TCU, you know, that that over-under moved around a little bit. And then Max Duggan th throws a touchdown pass. With the it was important to left. some people on this show. It was important to me that I, I had the team total over. That was important there. We needed okay. that. <laughs> so I wasn't, I was, I was just on the straight total over. And so, yeah, I mean, I was, I was thrilled when it happened, but uh, you know, it was a it was a good win, right? Uh, but yeah, it's just right now it, it's definitely getting sharper and sharper. And I think it's if you like a line, you got to hit it early, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's really where where we are at this point in the season. There's no wait yeah, until I mean Saturday morning is sometimes it's too late. Yeah, no, completely agree. That's why we like you said this is why we do this show. It's important to get numbers early, especially you know 
not that, you know, we're the sharpest people in the world, but we have an idea, you know, we're covering the sport. We know kind of have the beat on where this line's going to move some certain injury reports and stuff. And, you know, there's an advent an advantage to betting early in the week and getting some closing line value. Like you said, Michigan, Michigan state, Georgia, Florida, those games kind of were determined by when you bet it. So, um, you know, there is some advantages to betting early in the week. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about this week though, before the games actually start, we have the college football playoff reveal. The first rankings come out tonight on ESPN. I think for my matter, whether you put Oregon in the mix, I think Oregon is the eighth team. but to me, there are seven actual contenders right now to make the college football playoff all for different reasons. You have your three sec teams, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, two big 10 teams, uh, Ohio state, Michigan, you have Clemson and you have TCU, two undefeated power five teams. So right. going into this first reveal, Graham, do you have any sort of opinion? I know a lot of people get up in arms over the rankings. I think of it more as it is a you know, WWE style event. Like they, they are leaning <laughs> into that. This is going to look very different. It is November 1st tonight. You know, the well, I don't even know when the final rankings are revealed in sometime in December. So this doesn't right. really matter to anyone. So I want to preface that it doesn't actually matter, but I am curious. Do you have like a projected top seven that, you know, we can maybe get upset about just me and you back and forth real quick. Well, so I, I or any, I guess storylines that you think are important. Yeah. To, to yeah the, the big question for me is where this committee is going to rank TCU. Um, Interesting. Just cause they're not, they're not the main brand, but they are a power five conference team and they have played some good opponents on the road. Um, so I, it's just, you know, if they're not in the top four tonight, I think there's no hope of them ever being in the top four, basically, right? Yeah. Like, I think they might kind of, I mean, barring a, everyone finishing with a loss and just like a lot of chaos and them, you know, being able to continue to run the table, win a Big 12 championship game against somebody that's a, a decent opponent. And that's just because I – yeah, I'm very curious to see how they get treated. And like, same with Clemson. You know, Clemson. I think we have some precedent of yeah. They the strength of schedule. I mean, the ACC is horrible this year. Let's let's just say it. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. it's true. all good. Um, but yeah, like if, if Clemson's number six, I don't think anyone should be up in arms because Clemson runs the table and wins the ACC title. They're gonna go. Like we, yeah. you know, they're not going to leave an undefeated 13 and no Clemson out, but I am, you know, I'm very curious to see who's number one. Uh, I, I think Tennessee could be just mm -hmm. because they beat Alabama. Um, and we're going to talk about I, I Tennessee, think, Georgia I think in a second, but like ten Tennessee's win over Alabama is the most impressive data point. Probably to this point, you could say Georgia, Oregon, but I feel like that happening in week one, kind of weighs it down a little bit. Whereas I think Tennessee beating Alabama, that's probably like the most impressive thing you could have on your resume right now. Yeah. Again, probably. it doesn't really mean anything going forward, no, but no, I mean, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, that that's definitely the game of the year in college football. It's yeah. the game that everyone remembers. It is the, you know, it's the media talking slash focal yeah, exactly. point of the season thus far. What I would say is that I do think like that game, you know, Tennessee still gave up 50 points in that game. Yeah. You know, they scored 52, but they gave up 49. Right. And it's like, I just, I don't know, you know, how I feel like every year the committee's a little different and they, they look at a lot mm -hmm. of stats and I think some years they throw some things out and they, they look at others and it's like, you know, what's going to be kind of the buzzword this year. Is it going to be like game control? Is it going to mm -hmm. be, you know, 
whatever it is, I'm curious to see what that will be. But I think Tennessee will be number one. Uh, I, I think Georgia probably gets the nod over Ohio State at number two because of that Oregon win you're talking about. I, I, th- I think Buckeyes would be three. And then, you know, I, I'm very curious to see kind of how everyone falls in line after that. You know, like I, yeah. I personally would put TCU number four because of their resume, but I don't know if this committee will do that or not. Yeah, so I have my top seven right here. This is the flawless, one hundred percent correct. I got like the, I got the not, I got the envelope early. But the way I see it is, I think that this committee they want to set up a one versus two matchup this weekend in Athens. So they're going to give Tennessee the nod because I believe it's four top twenty-five wins. The offense is high powered. If Georgia's won, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They're the defending national champions. Haven't you know they still are going about their business, still arguably the best team in the country. So to me, I go Tennessee. Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson at four, I think gets the nod because if Clemson goes undefeated, I don't see them getting knocked off. I think that they set that precedent now. I think Michigan five, Bama six, because you you gotta you, you gotta again try and create the narrative about it all. But Bama six, so they have to run up the table, win the SEC, get in there. And then I think they put TCU seven. I think that the Big 12 is gonna get knocked down this year for being so competitive. And to me, a good conference, but no team really being outstanding. So I think TCU ends up getting shafted on uh, tonight's reveal, in my opinion. I know you're kind of hoping that they do. I have TCU futures. I already cashed their win total over. I've been backing them. But I just think that the come-from-behind efforts are going to be dinged against them as opposed to a Michigan who's kind of blowing out everyone in their way. Yeah, but, I mean, Michigan has played a really good, Bad schedule. You know, I mean, they, they, they had the impressive win over Penn State at home, right? And and that's that was good. And, you know, I think they matched up a lot better with Penn State than Ohio State did because Michigan's such a kind of run-first team. Yeah. But, yeah, I I think the, the resume for Michigan, to me, like if you look at where they kind of rank statistically, nationally, yards per play, all that stuff, a lot of things that I look at when I'm betting games – you have to do so much manual adjustment because they played three of the bottom 10 teams in the FBS. Like they played UConn and Hawaii. And, you know, it's just like you kind of have to take all that out and then figure out what they are. I think they're a really good football team, but you know, I like that game last week against Michigan state, they really struggled to finish drives in the red zone. Like I, if they come up against somebody that has a offense that can actually score, I'm very curious to see kind of how that plays out. And, you know, if they, if someone can make JJ McCarthy go win a game, we don't, we haven't seen him do it yet. Yeah. So. No, hundred percent. I think, so it sounds like before we move on, you think Alabama still gets kind of a, a friendly ranking here, or you're still kind of concerned about where Bama's resume is today. I ain't got, I mean, or, I I've got a lot of like really strong takes on Alabama and, you know, where they are this year. Cause I, I think this, this is the worst defense they've had since 2007. And there's a lot that's not going well there. Uh, you know, if Bryce Young's not on this team, I think they're a three or four loss team. And I agree. Just that I agree completely. Papers over so much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would still put Michigan over them. Uh, yeah. Like, okay. I, I, cool. You know, but, but I think what we'll probably see the committee do is, like, Bama always gets kind of grandfathered into these things, right? Yep. Like they always kind of, you know, yeah, it's just that 
they always get the benefit of the doubt, right? And it's like, <laughs> I mean, they've, they've kind of operated under a different set of rules in the playoff era than a lot of teams have just because it's like, oh, they, they just won two out of three national championships, mm. so we're not going to leave them out. So uh, maybe this committee treats them differently, but I doubt they will. Yeah, and again, just to recap, where Alabama's ranked tonight, if they run the table and they win the SEC championship game, they are getting into the playoffs, so it's all moot. Right. But it's fun, it's fun, you know, content and things to talk about. But it should be interesting to see where certain teams set up because it also opens up paths on how teams could jump into one another, where they fall to and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, let's get to some picks, though. Let's get out some winners here. Uh, before we get to that, a little bit of housekeeping. I actually, I gave up more losers than winners last week. I went four and five last week on the early read. 39, 32, and one against the spread on the year, though. So we're still way good on that. We're being the market left and right. So that's good. Uh, you like this kind of content? Make sure you subscribe to the Betside YouTube page right below you. If you're listening in podcast form, five stars, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And yeah, let's give out some picks. I will have plenty more on my bet stamp at RW33, but we will start where all good things start Athens, Georgia. For the game of the year, the Georgia Bulldogs, defending national champions, welcome in Tennessee, laying eight and a half, total around, we'll call it 66 for this show. And I mean, the storylines are immense here. We have Georgia. Are they going to be able to hold up their end of the bargain as the defending national champions? But maybe a little bit more different than last year's team. And I'm excited to get Graham's opinion on the team going into this one. And Tennessee's kind of been the lightning rod of college football this season. Hendon Hooker operating at such a high level and Josh Heupel's offense, three future NFL receivers on the outside, just playing at a frenetic pace. They beat Alabama at home as underdogs. Can they now go on the road and hold up their end of the bargain and really announce themselves as national championship contenders? I still think that, you know, for me, I need to see it one more time before I'm calling this team, you know, LSU 2019 or anything like that. Uh, we see people in the com people in the comments are getting a, uh, pumped up we're seeing some split opinions so Graham I'll start with you why don't you just catch the people up with Georgia because I feel like with sure. college football the great teams you're like almost out of sight because you're so much far superior to all your opponents like we had Ohio State you know we do this marquee matchup every week Ohio State was the marquee matchup for the first time last week this is George's first time as the marquee matchup so it's almost a little you know, you don't really hear about them as much. So why don't you catch it up on Georgia? I know you had a great thread on them versus Florida last week. Maybe kind of use that as a uh, reference point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Georgia's kind of been on cruise control since yeah. that Oregon game up until last week against Florida. And they came out and they opened up the offense a little bit. Like Stetson Bennett's average depth of target against Florida last week was up around 14 yards. It had been seven, eight, eight and a half almost every game this season, mm -hmm. right? Like they're throwing downfield a little more. Uh, the tight ends, Bowers and Washington, who are huge weapons, they get 14 combined targets in that game against Florida after seeing, you know, a few balls each every game this season. So you kind of saw like the playbook open for Georgia on Saturday against Florida in a way that it hadn't. You also saw it open on the defensive side of the ball, like, there's been a lot of angst and discussion amongst uh, Georgia folks and people on our website of like, can this defense get pressure? Because they they don't see the sack numbers that, that you yeah. saw from 2021 Georgia. Uh, the reality is that like up until this Florida game last week, teams have been getting the ball out in an average of just a little over two seconds from, from snap to throw on passing plays. And that's including – 
you know, when they flush a guy and he throws it into the, the third row, right? So, like, teams have run a lot of quick game on Georgia to try and neutralize their defensive line. And because of that, I think a lot of people are like, well, maybe this defensive line isn't, you know, isn't as good as last year's and it's not, but it's still very, very good. And yeah, let wait, let's Jaylen, not to cut you off, Graham, but that was like yeah. the best defense of all time we're talking about. Right, exactly. It's okay, yeah, yeah. It is okay to be like just amazing and not like um, like transcendent defense. It's okay. They can still be really good. Right. 100 percent And and like Jalen Carter is still on this team, and he was the best player on that defense last year. Uh, he was. He was better than any of them. He will be probably drafted higher than anyone off that team last year was. And he's been out for a month, right? And so yeah. all of a sudden, he's back last week against Florida, coming off an MCL sprain. He's in on third downs and a couple second and long situations. But, like, you know, he's blowing up double teams in the hole, and he's all over Anthony Richardson. And he's got, you know, I think four pressures on, like, 13 pass rush snaps like the, the kid is a yeah. monster so what i'm trying to drive at is like there's been a lot of discussion of like oh well georgia you know let kent state hang around a little bit and score 22 in athens and it's like well you know like they were rotating their third team defensive lines into the game you know in third and five situations in the red zone like i don't think they'll do that against tennessee right so they have played the most vanilla style of football you could possibly imagine over yeah. the last six weeks. And you kind of saw a glimpse of things on Saturday of like, Ooh, especially on defense, you saw them actually, you know, rush more than four for mm -hmm. the first time in like a month. And I mean, they created a lot of havoc. They had 29 pressures against Anthony Richardson in that game. So yeah, it, it's, very interesting kind of where they are because I think you're finally kind of seeing things open up and I wouldn't draw too much if I was betting this game, which I am, uh, into sort of, you know, oh, well, they had a couple missed run fits against Missouri and that game got close or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the they've had a turnover problem at times on offense and that's concerning for this game, right? They had three last week. They had two on the road at Missouri. They had three against Kent State that were like, you know, fumbled punts. And yeah, and it's not real. I mean, Stetson Bennett only has five interceptions on the year. There's been like weird wide receiver fumbles and muff punt kind mm -hmm. of things. And it's just none of that stuff really seems to happen when they're like in a close game. But it's like it's you know, almost like they're a little like bored, like playing with their food a little bit yeah, more than you yes, 100 percent, yeah. man. I mean, they're they're up 28-3 at halftime last week, and it's like there, I had been told kind of privately for a couple of weeks, like this team is really, really, you know, kind of pissed off going into that Tennessee game. Like they heard all the comments of like Tennessee, Alabama rematch after the all first right. time. Yeah. And so I think there, I was a little concerned. They might come out a little disinterested in the first half against Florida. I think they came out interested, took care of business and then sort of yeah went to sleep. But them getting challenged, you know, Florida made that a seven point game or an eight point game in the third quarter. And then Georgia, you know, six play 78 yep. drive, five of them on the ground, right down touchdown, you know, three and out touchdown. Like, so there was kind of that, like seeing them answer adversity one more time before this game, I think actually is a little bit of a good sign just mm -hmm. to kind of put them in a spot where things are going poorly. And then 
they're able to flip that and a drive is something you want to see before a, a big game like this. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I saw Georgia go up early. I turned the game off. You know, I got like my three TVs. I moved on to the next game and then I checked my phone. I see, Oh, Florida made this an eight point game or whatever it was. This got, maybe I'll throw it on for a second. I watched the next drive, Georgia, like you said, five runs right down the field. And I'm like, all right, that's, I got my fix. I, I understand what Georgia is. Um, my one kind of stress point for this Georgia game. And before we give out our bet, maybe we could talk about just two quick points, but Tennessee secondary is the weak point of this defense. And I bet on Tennessee against Alabama because I wasn't sure how Bryce Young's shoulder was going to hold up off the AC joint sprain. Could he really challenge this team vertically? And that's why I thought Tennessee could actually hum on offense and keep it within one score. The game didn't go how I thought it would, but Tennessee still got the job done because I think Alabama dug themselves too big of a hole and they couldn't win with margin or even win the game outright. So now my question is, Tennessee... 98th in defensive pass success rate. George's offense, though, like you said, hasn't really stretched the field that much this year. Do you think that is a sign of they're not capable or they're kind of keeping the playbook a little bit close because it's not necessary to do that to be able to win so easily like they have? Do you think that Georgia on Saturday is going to you know, stretch the field a little bit more vertically, maybe get those tight ends running deeper down the field and challenge that suspect Tennessee secondary? Because Tennessee's defensive line is legit. It's the secondary that I think is where this team loses games. Yeah, they they will. Um, I just don't know how much they'll actually want to. I think Georgia's okay. going to want to – they've been extremely efficient on offense. They haven't been, like, overly explosive. But, I mean, going into last week, first in the country in offensive success rate, first in the country in rushing success rate, second in the country in passing down success rate, first in the country in standard down success rate, like, longest average drive – for scoring touchdowns over Ohio state and all the, like, so they, this is not an offense that, and I think that's probably where a lot of people are like, Georgia's got a good defense and they're not the offensive juggernaut. And people see this game as Tennessee offense versus Georgia defense. Georgia's offense is really, really good. And this offensive line has come together over the last few weeks. Like it's the best one they've had in Athens, I think since, 2017 when they okay. ran the ball 70% of the time with Nick Chubb and Shoney Michelle. Um, yeah. I mean, this offensive line gave up four pressures to Florida last week. Like they're very good. Um, and, and I think that's kind of what George is going to want to do in this game is just lean on Tennessee. I think they will throw the ball downfield, but I don't think Georgia necessarily wants to, they don't want to do what Alabama did. Right. Yeah. Like I think Georgia wants to go into this game and have, five, six, seven minute scoring drives, or at least, you know, four and five minute scoring drives. Yeah. I, I, at some point, you know, like you see this team go tempo. They went tempo against Florida some in the first half and it was like right down the field. So if they need to go score quick, they can, but it's not really what they've been trying to do. And in some ways as a prognosticator, that makes them more reliable, right? Like big okay. plays can be a little bit of an anomaly. I mean, Tennessee, in some ways, they kind of rely on busted coverages. And it's like, well, what happens if you don't have two of those busted coverages a half, right? Yeah. And so I, I think for Georgia, like, it's a little more predictable as to what they're going to be. Yeah. So make the bet. Who's going to who's who's going to cover? I, I you know, We'll see who's going to cover. And then who's going to win a little bit different. But let's hear it. Georgia's going to cover this game. They are. I, I, agree. Mean, I agree. People don't want to hear it. But like eight and a half, like Vegas is begging you to bet Tennessee at plus nine. 
Um, I I think Georgia's defense, the, the personnel is different, but Georgia and Missouri played a 42 to 29 game in 2018 when Josh Heupel was the offensive coordinator there. And Kirby Smart doesn't like to give up 30 points to anybody. And he spent <laughs> a bunch of time figuring out this offense and studying it and working on it. Like they know what this system is. And I'm going to say something that's going to make a lot of people angry, but if you get Hendon Hooker off of his first read, he's not very accurate. If you get him moving off his spot, he's not very accurate. Um, Georgia, I'm not saying they're not going to give up plays. Tennessee's going to score points in this game, yeah. but Georgia's Georgia can pressure up the middle like Alabama cannot. Alabama's coming around the edge, and they they didn't do that in that game because they were worried about the run. But like Georgia's not going to let Tennessee just hand it off for five six yards of pop in the shotgun up and over and over up the middle. That that's not going to happen in this game. So Georgia pressuring the a gaps, I think, will be a little too much for Hooker to figure out. They'll they'll do enough to confuse them. And on offense, you know, we haven't really seen Georgia play sixty minutes of offense in a game this year. But if if they want yeah. to, I think Georgia can put up 50 in this game or you know, no, I, 45, 50. I, I'm with you here. I, I'm on Georgia. I bet them minus eight and a half. I completely agree. I think you look at this game a few weeks ago, Tennessee closed. First of all, the market disagreed. The market was seven, seven and a half. Then Bryce Young gets ruled and it closes nine. They were nine point home underdogs to Alabama. You're not telling me they're going on the road to face Georgia and they're going to be less than that? I just – I can't get to this number. I make it closer to 10. I think Tennessee's a great story, but I think Georgia, like you said, they're almost like a sleeping giant. They have not been tested, you know, on this show before the season. I said, I still don't love Alabama. Like, I like Georgia and, Al uh, Georgia and Ohio State a lot more than Alabama. Georgia, I still think, is this complete roster that hasn't been challenged because they're that much better than everyone. Now, I think we're going to see them flex their muscle a little bit and remind everyone that, hey, we're the national champions. And that sounds narrative-y, but the numbers back up, like you just said, and we saw them – they come out and blow out Florida. Florida's much worse than Tennessee, but Florida makes a little bit of a run, wakes up Georgia a little bit, and then they just go right back and still end up almost covering a three-touchdown spread. So I think Georgia's the better team. I think they show it. I think that this spread is an overreaction to what we're seeing with Tennessee, who, again, they're a great story, but we're putting them in, like, some rare air here, getting nearly, you know, an upgrade, a near-touchdown upgrade than they did three weeks ago against Alabama. I think it's just a little much. So – uh, yeah. Glad that we're on the same page there on Georgia, Tennessee. Uh, there's the recap graphic. Me and Graham both taking the minus eight and a half with the Bulldogs. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. As we move into a bunch of bets here, we're going to go rapid fire for you. So, Graham, you're an SEC guy. You have a pulse yep. on the conference. Let's hear another SEC bet you got for us uh, on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I like Florida plus four on the road at A&M. Um, I, you know, I would bet them anywhere you know I'd, I'd bet them down to plus three and it, like that's a game i may sprinkle a little money line action on as well i really like where that team is psychologically billy okay. napier has done a good job of 
keeping that team fighting. That team did not come out and quit in the second half against Georgia. And I think that surprised Georgia a little bit, but getting to see that, you know, kind of firsthand up close and personal just made me feel like, like that's an underdog. I want to bet. Cause they will mm-hmm. they'll come smashing through that back door, you know? So I, I, I think the biggest thing is, is Florida first in the country in uh, rushing explosiveness you know, led the SEC in yards per carry before facing that Georgia defense. Texas A&M just gave up 390 on the yeah. ground to Ole Miss. Like, I think Florida can control this game. Anthony Richardson uses legs, and and he's improved as a passer. Like, he's not there yet, but he, you know, he can hit some. He has he has a nice deep ball. Like, he'll hit the explosive mm. play occasionally. And I just, I don't think this Florida defense is great, but I don't think this Texas A&M offense is either. So. Give me the Gators. Yeah, I wonder where Texas A&M's head's at. You know, three offensive linemen ruled out for the year last year. They suspended three other guys. Um, they're kind of a mess. I, I The only pushback I have is if uh, Wegman, maybe he kind of – they found something with the freshman, now the five-star. Maybe they could get something going. But it's not a team I'm interested in laying more than a field goal with in A&M. I think it's – you know, this is more of a coin flip. College football – more inclined to take the underdog. So, you know, at over a field goal, I, I don't hate the Florida look. Um, my SEC bet, it's a gross one, but uh, under 42 and a half in Kentucky, Missouri. I think this ticked down in some place at 41. Well, Any, anything above 41 is a play on the under for me. Missouri's defense has quietly been one of the best in the SEC. Number one in the country in defensive line yards. Top 15 success rate. They held down the Georgia offense better than pretty much any other team in the country. Um, their offense is still terrible though. Um, so the defense keeps them in games. Now they're going against a Kentucky team that we thought maybe they could get it going off the bye against Tennessee. They look like a mess. Will Levis doesn't look healthy. I don't think he's very good to begin with. The offensive line is a disaster. And these are also three of or two of the five slowest teams in the entire country on a place per minute basis. So this is going to be old school, slow, burn the play clock. I don't think there's gonna be many points here. Um, both defense are better than both offenses. So I'll take the under 42, 42 and a half. Anything above 41 is good with me. Uh, there's a pair of SEC bets uh, for you as we get the recap graphic up. Graham is on Florida plus four against Texas A&M. And I'm on under 42 and Missouri, Kentucky um, in two of, you know, there's a few really big SEC games and we go for the two uh, more meaningless games on the card. But that's what it's all about. That's the, listen, you got to get an edge somewhere. It's where um, the value is, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some action, though, tonight because it's the college football playoff reveal. I kind of buried the lead. It's action tonight. Happy right. action to everyone who celebrates uh, in this fine world. Um, Graham, I know we're looking at the same game, though, so I'm interested to hear your take. Buffalo opened about a pick plus one at Ohio. These are two teams in the MAC East that are contending for a championship uh, bid here. Buffalo's out to a three-point favorite, though. You like the Bulls, though. Why? I do, and I will – full transparency for the viewers. I bet this when it was at one, you know, so – Yeah. Like, Listen, well, we want I, transparency I, here. We're all about yeah. it. I still like them at minus three. I I would – if it gets to three in the hook, then I would be a little more cautious. Mm. But I really like – you know, Buffalo is a, a ground-based attack. They're a running team. Uh, Ohio just came off giving up 267 yards on the ground in Northern Illinois. So I think that Buffalo is going to be able to do what they do and run the ball. Um, you know, I, I think that that Ohio Northern Illinois game, like yeah. from a, from a yardage standpoint, 
Northern Illinois should have scored more than they did in that game. Um, so I, I like Buffalo. I just, I just kind of like where they are. It feels like a, you know, a team with a kind of a newer staff that is still growing and peaking, not to say mm-hmm. Ohio isn't, but, uh, yeah, I like them in the spot because of the ground game versus that rushing defense and, um, pretty sizable SP plus advantage there as well. Uh, you know, Buffalo 92 overall versus 113 in Ohio. So that's, you know, a little more than a, a field goal spread mm-hmm. and kind of how I try to calculate those things, but it's matching man, chaos reigns. So, you know, you, you might get me here. Yeah. So I, I took the Bobcats here. These are, so I took the Buffalo over wins before the season. I liked all the transfers coming in. They actually started terrible. And now they're on this heater, but I think that the heater is somewhat smoke and mirrors. You play two backup quarterbacks uh, during this four game Mac winning streak. Um, they're plus eight in turnovers over their last three games. And now they're going against Curtis Rourke, who's playing really, really well for Ohio. 16 to three touchdown to interception ter- uh, ratio. This is a top 25 passing success unit. So um, I'm a little nervous that Buffalo, they're banking on turnovers and they're banking on chaos. But Rourke has been one of the better Mac quarterbacks. Um, I mean, look at Buffalo's defense, 110th in yards per play allowed, but 30th in points per drive. So that means teams are moving the ball on them but then kind of fumbling it, turning it over, vomiting, missing field goals, like the like like that. So I'll take Ohio plus three. I just think that, like you said, it's match. And give me the home team, I guess. I you know This is a lot of points to lay with a Buffalo team that I think might be running a little good. And listen, doesn't mean it's going to stop this week. Uh, so I, I took Ohio plus three. I know, Graham, you basically have the, the money line uh, plus one. So if right. Ohio loses by one or two, we both win. It's all good. Um so we'll see how that goes. straddle this bad boy. Yeah, let's let's both hit here. Uh, you know, for the sake of the early read, but let's bring up that recap graphic. Uh, so Graham is gonna, for the sake of the show, take Buffalo minus three. But again, he took plus one uh, earlier than the early the early early read, uh, and then I took Ohio plus three and some Tuesday night action uh, for the real sickos Just out. Just enjoy there. it, you know. Yeah, I mean, just let the chaos I, I come. Just let it come and hit you. Yeah, and I don't hate the over in this game either. I think that, I agree. You know, if, if I was betting the total, it would I would definitely be betting over instead of under. Definitely agree. Uh, let's talk some underdogs though. We just said Maction might be uh, live for the underdog. Uh, you're back in the SEC though. Let me uh, hear your underdog play for uh, this week. Yeah, uh, Auburn going on the road to Mississippi State. Just fired Brian Harson. Yeah, finally. Williams is. The interim head coach, we're talking about a guy who played there. Uh, even throughout all of the chaos with Harson, this team hasn't really quit. Um, they're not a good football team. Okay. It's all right. But they are <laughs> what they what they are good at defensively, or I shouldn't say good at, but they're they're, they're a very poor run defense. Mike mm-hmm. Leach has ran the ball more this year than than most years in the past, but he still can't help himself. Like he, he still will, you know, get midway through the second quarter and be like, God, I, I got to have 50 pass attempts in this game, or I'm just going to spontaneously combust on this sideline and we'll stop doing what's working. So I like Auburn to play hard in this game, play scrappy, keep it close. I think their pass defense is actually pretty okay. Uh, their defensive front is decent at rushing the passer. Um, you know, I don't know if they if they have like five dudes hit the portal over the rest of this week, then 
maybe you know slow down or, or see where well, those contribute. This hit from. this hit 14 and bounced back down to 12 and a half. So it seems like people right. were buyers to keep this inside two scores. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I you know, I wouldn't like it at at 10 and a half, but I will like it anywhere to 11. Yeah, for sure. Um, don't hate you, don't hate that play there. Uh, I'm going back to uh, an old friend of mine, Kansas State plus two and a half. Uh, this fine program told you last week that Kansas State undervalued against Oklahoma State. They were going to run all over them. Uh, they beat them 48 nothing. The game was over in the first quarter. It was maybe the easiest bet I've hit all season. Uh, nice. We're going back to the well, though, with Kansas State. Um, Texas, I still don't know where to rate this Texas team. I said against Oklahoma State, didn't really get why they were laying six and a half on the road. Uh, Quinn Ewers was terrible in that game. 19 of 49, three interceptions. I know there were some penalty discrepancies there, but again, this is a Kansas State team that is going to run the ball. They're going to limit turnovers. Texas might have a strong defensive line, but they give up chunk plays. Bottom half of the country, an explosive run rate. Kansas State is Deuce Vaughn. Adrian Martinez might be back. Will Howard, he looked great anyway, so I don't think there's like some massive drop-off there. Chris Kleiman's awesome. 27-14-1 against the spread. 15 and seven at home, seven and three as a home dog. I mean, this guy is an ATM and I'm going to keep riding him. So give me Kansas state plus two and a half. Um, I just think that Texas might just not be that good. They're, they're talented, but I know they're off a of buy Sarkeesian. I don't know if he's a rally the troops type person for a team that's drawing dead in the big 12 already injuries kind of hurt them, but this is just a good Kansas state team at night in the little apple. Um, I think they get the cover and they probably win this game outright if you want to sprinkle on the money line i know it's a small dog but um yeah kansas state plus two and a half is my play uh for some big 12 action so there are underdog plays auburn plus 12 and a half plus 12 for graham and i am taking plus two and a half with kansas state against texas um now some best of the rest just a few more bets here graham is there any other bets any other work you want to plug ahead of the big game with georgia tennessee anything of the like uh feel free this is open season here Sure. I mean, just rapid fire, some games that caught my eye. Love UNC minus 11 against Virginia. Virginia can't score points. North Carolina can. They fixed that defense. Um, James Madison plus 10 at Louisville. Uh, I like that spot for the Dukes. Louisville is prone to a letdown game. Uh, Ohio State minus 36 at Northwestern. I would bet this up to like 42, honestly. Northwestern can't score points. Um, yeah. And then as far as my work, you can find me on Twitter at dog out West, uh, check us out on dogcentral.com If you're a Georgia fan, or if you, you like kind of deep dive advanced statistics, we've got, uh, some, some betting type content that I think everyone would, can enjoy. We, we do a relative net yard per play metric that we kind of, you know, have tweaked with and played with and is a fun thing to compare teams. So, Come check us out over there. And if you are a Georgia fan, uh, we have, you know, all, all sorts of great UGA intel and analysis. And we'd love to see you. For sure. No, that was awesome stuff. I crushed it. I got, let's see, I got I got four quick plays I want to run through. Two weekday plays. So we'll add this, you know, as like a match and bonus. Another game tonight. I, I bet this this morning just because the line, I think, has gone a little nuts here. But Ball State plus seven against Kent, uh, against Kent State tonight. Um we don't know wow. if Penn State's going to get back. Yeah, it, it opened four and a half where I, I made it, and I was like, okay, like stay away, whatever, that's fine. Now it's out to seven. I'm going to play back and take Ball State. Colin Schley might be back for Kent State, but it just doesn't matter because the Kent State defense is so terrible. 
They allowed 27 to Akron last week. Um, Ball State has a stud running back. Uh, Carson Steele, 13th leading rusher in the country. Kent's defense, I know they played a really wild non-conference schedule, including against Georgia, but they're still 114th in EPA per play, so it hasn't really improved all that much. Um, I think Ball State could keep this inside one score. We were just talking match and underdogs, chaos. Why not Ball State plus seven? Um, I think they could keep it within one score. Uh, Thursday night, I believe it's Thursday night, App State minus three against Coastal. Don't love Coastal at all this year. Grayson McCall is awesome. Everybody else is gone. So uh, it's just Grayson McCall. This App State team, the offense has been much better this year. Chase Bryce has been better. They're top 12 in total EPA. And they played a really tough schedule, much tougher than Coastal. Coastal bottom 10 in training the schedule this year. And they're bottom 10 in defensive success rate. So I think App State is going to dictate the terms of this game. Um, I like them laying a field goal. I make this game closer to like minus four and a half, five. Um, two more gross one, Iowa plus four and a half against Purdue. Maybe Jeff Brom just figured out this Iowa team. I remember last year they upset them as double digit underdogs, but mm -hmm. Purdue's a one dimensional offense. They only pass the ball and Iowa has one of the best secondaries in the country. I know their offense is one of the worst. Their defense is one of the best. Um, the Purdue defense also like not that great. They allowed 26 or more to every FBS team outside of Minnesota in a game where they got a lot of timely red zone turnovers. So I don't really like rate this Purdue defense that highly. So I think Iowa could keep it close plus four and a half. And last one, Boise minus seven and a half against BYU. This is a BYU team I loved early in the year. I thought that they had high upside. They've just crashed and burned. Haven't covered a game since mid-September. Two and seven against the number all year. They're also playing their 10th straight game and they're banged up. They're not going to yeah. a Boise team that is firing on all cylinders since making the change from Hank Bachmeyer at quarterback to Taylor Green, and they brought back Dirk Cutter to be their OC. Offense is averaging uh, 35 or more, in, or they've scored 35 or more in three of four games since making those changes. The offense is humming. BYU's defense stinks. I uh, I think Boise runs away with this one. They look like the best team in the Mountain West now. So Boise minus seven and a half. I'm not afraid of the hook. I think they win this one by you know closer to 14 points. I, I make this game double digits. So um yeah there's some best rest any comments there graham and then we could answer a few questions from the comments no i love i love your logic actually on, on all that mm -hmm. i love the boise pick as well um yeah boise i feel like a lot of people kind of gave up on them uh you know they fired i think they fired their offensive coordinator mid-season and they kind of had some changes and you know or, i'm sorry it was a quarterback that left you know uh bachmeyer dipped out and all that and you kind of <laughs> counted them out and like I don't know, maybe he was the problem or there was a, a locker room issue or what, but like they've been great over the last awesome. you know few weeks. Yeah. So uh definitely I think some kind of like hidden value in betting Boise a little bit because some of those early storylines and results are still kind of influencing the market, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think seven and a half. It's starting to catch up, but it's not all the way there because the defense has been nails all year. It's just the offense is really starting to hit it into another gear. So that's why I think they could win with some margin against just a BYU team that can't handle that schedule. It's just they tried, and I like them going into the year because of like that chance they took. It's just blown up in their face. They're gas. I mean, they lost to Liberty by two scores, lost to yeah. ECU. So, um, yeah, a few questions in the comments. I mean, we hit on a bunch of these now. I'm looking at them, but um, – First one, uh, West Virginia, Iowa State coming in from Jerry. Uh, West Va plus eight. They just ruled out their running back, I think, for the year I saw right before the show. Donaldson. Donaldson? Yeah. yeah. I, wouldn't touch it. I don't know if I trust Iowa State to win with margin like this, but 
Westville's secondary is so bad, and Iowa State passed the ball a lot. Like, if they could rip off a few chunk plays, I kind of like the over. I don't know. Iowa State's a tough team to peg this year, probably just to stay away. I can't trust West Virginia, though. They might be um, a quick team. So, I any opinion there? Uh, I would stay away from it, man. I don't – like, yeah. West Virginia's been a really odd team all year. Um that line last week with them and TCU just stunk to high heaven, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, really they, they deserved to cover that game. Like it was three points with 25 seconds left, but they didn't. Um, yeah, they're just, you know, they're not super consistent. And Donaldson has been the best thing about that entire team. If he's out, I think it like he was out for that Texas game earlier this year. You know, he went out, I think in the first quarter or second quarter and, they got absolutely smoked. Uh, so I, I wouldn't touch them until kind of seeing how his injury and absence affects their results. Yeah, completely agree. Just two more here. Uh, Austin in the chat asking about the Beavers on Friday night. Assume that's Oregon State. Uh, I haven't bet yet, but I kind of like the over. There's supposed to be some weather in Seattle, like rain and everything. But Oregon State is so ground and pound that I don't think it really matters. They're going to run the ball. One of the better running teams in the Pac-12 Washington's defense, I don't rate very highly whatsoever. And for the Washington offense, I know it's throwing, so the rain could throw it off, but I think Penix just has this offense humming. Him and DeBoer just a match made out of heaven. It's at 57 now. It got steamed down. I kind of like the over. No real opinion on the side. I, I guess there's no rush to bet the total, considering it's getting smashed. But uh, anything anything there, Graham? What is the number of this on this game now? Is it I still want to five? say four and a half in that range above a field goal, less than six. Yeah. I, I kind of like Oregon state, uh, you know, they're coming off a of bye week. They were a little beat up and they pulled off that miracle win at Stanford and yep. then hit the bye. Uh, I mean, they're, this is a six and two football team, right. And very quietly. Mm-hmm. And they've done that with some injuries at quarterback. Like I, I think they're better than a lot of people realize. And I think the offense getting back healthy against a Washington defense, like I think this is a game they can they can score into the you know the mid to high thirties or the low forties. Yeah. I Washington's offense has kind of come back to earth a little bit. You mm-hmm. know uh, that that Cal game they played seven point game they struggled a lot. I I kind of rate Oregon State's offense more in that or I'm sorry Oregon State's defense more in that Cal category where I think they are a good defense and I think they, you know, they get stops in the red zone. So I would lean Oregon state here, especially at four and a half. Like I, this is one that I would kind of put more around a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I, I think over Oregon state, probably the two looks I Oregon state being able to run the ball is really kind of the great equalizer in this game for me. So I think Oregon state will be able to score. So I think over an Oregon state somewhat correlated because Oregon state will be able to hold up their end of the bargain on our last one, another PAC 12 game. Do we like a DTR bounce back onto the lights this week against ASU? Um, yeah, I, I like the over in this game. Took money. I like the over in the UCLA game last week, but Stanford just couldn't really get anything going. Arizona State made a change at quarterback last week. I know it was Colorado, but still on the road. They hung, I want to say it was 40-plus. Um, yeah, 40-plus. Again, I know it's Colorado, but UCLA's defense really isn't anything to call home about. Um, and then, of course, DTR on the other side with Charbonnet and Bobo. I think that this game, you know, you could see each team get into the 30s with ease here. I think Arizona State 
Um, you know, catching 10 and a half. I don't know. I don't know if I trust UCLA's defense to travel whatsoever. So I like the over. Yeah, it's up over 66 and a half now. So maybe like it a little less. I didn't give it out as official play, but I bet the over um, early in the week. I think that this is shaping up for, you know, a late night shootout. I'm with you on the points. Um, I would. I really like what UCLA has done this year, but Arizona State is kind of quietly not won a lot of games, but like stayed in a lot of games and yeah. scored a lot of points. So I, I agree with you on that total play. But if I if I was playing the spread, I would probably play. It's up to ten and a half now. I would play Arizona at that ten and a half. I, I agree. I think that they're starting to. They're not the corpse they were with Herm Edwards there. They're, they've kind of washed that out, and it's, start, it's time to start treating them a little bit differently. But, yeah, uh, thank you for everyone in the comments. Uh, let's pull up that final recap graphic, and uh, we'll get everyone out of here. So just to recap, Graham took Georgia minus 8.5 against Tennessee, Florida plus 4 against Texas A&M, Buffalo minus 3 against Ohio, but he really took plus 1. Uh, so we'll give him a little bit give him a little bit there, but he, uh, we'll see what happens there. And then Auburn plus 12 against Mississippi State. <laughs> Um, I took Georgia minus eight and a half against Tennessee as well. The Missouri Kentucky under 42. I took Ohio plus three against Buffalo and Kansas state plus two and a half against Texas. And there was like seven other bets we threw in best of the rest. So make sure, you know, if you missed that rewind, uh, check that out, uh, for some more bets, but big shout out to Graham. Thank you again for coming on. Make sure you check out his, uh, work. You can follow him on Twitter at dog out West. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wallach, the bet stamp for all my plays at rw33 and a big shout out to joanne woodcock behind the scenes pulling all the strings she's the best in the business uh until then happy week 10 and enjoy getting angry about your college football playoff rankings we'll see you all next week when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.